Plaque podcast series on legislative and governance issues funded by the European Union under the Support to Democratic Governance in Nigeria, EU SDGN2 program. Hello, my name is Edima Obalulua, your host for this podcast edition on understanding the challenges to improved women's representation post-2023. It is no secret that women are underrepresented in governance, with a ranking of 184 out of 187 countries on the Inter-Parliamentary Union Ranking of Women in National Parliaments. Nigeria has one of the lowest records for women in parliament worldwide. Well, to dissect this topic, I had to engage Dr. Abiola Akiode Apolabi, the Executive Director, Women Advocates Research and Documentation Center, Ward C. She is a human and women's rights activist, attorney, feminist, governance and development consultant. Thank you so much, Ma, for making out time to be on this show today. It's a pleasure to be here. So, what is your assessment of women representation as of today? Well, um, it's really very unfortunate that um, women representation in Nigeria and also globally has um, not really increased uh, as such. So, what we have seen is some marginal increase, and in Nigeria, it's really declining, especially I think post 2011 uh, in Nigeria. Uh, one would have expected um, a higher number of women as at 2019 elections and what we are seeing in the coming election in 2023 with the number of candidates also shows that um, it's likely going to be declining more so it's really uh, very unfortunate especially knowing that world over uh, there have been a lot of um, commitment you know to ensuring gender equality towards increasing women's representation but unfortunately the practice or the reality of it is really not showing you know, those commitments. So now, what do you think is the reason for this situation? Well, the reason have been can be categorized into about three or four areas, and I will start with the legal aspect of it. If you notice in most countries where there's been increase, given the uh, dynamics of the political party system, particularly most countries do the first past the post, and oftentimes, uh, without the proportional representation, women don't always get there, and people who are historically marginalized, like people with disability, rarely get there. So in countries where they have responded to this. The legal component has been very useful. Uh, if you look at countries like Rwanda, uh, I think Section 26 of their constitution, you know, I talked about temporary, uh, like an affirmative action, you know, temporarily for a period of 20 years, after which they will have to review that affirmative action. Uh, and of course, if you see in their parliament, it has increased the number of um, grassroots women, the number of representation of women, you know, in their politics. So they have about 30% affirmative action in that country. And if you look at Kenya, also of recent, Kenya through their constitution had adopted the gender rule. And what the gender rule has done is to increase, you know, uh, participation of women to about two-thirds. The last election had quite a number of women contesting, and they had about um, quite a number of women also becoming governors in that regard. So constitution is very important in defining because of the historical injustices that women have suffered over the time. So it's virtually impossible to level the situation without taking a legal step. Secondly, is the social cultural factors. Religion, um, religion has been a major issue. Ethnicity, tribalism, you know, the cultural factors have also been an issue. Thirdly, is also the fact that the political party system is very insensitive. If you look at political party manifestos, if you look at their constitution, they're not looking at the issue of gender equality at all. I've done an assessment of Nigerian manifestos and constitution, and you see that they probably generally just speak about uh, equality, but they didn't speak about gender equality. So 
some of those issues, uh, so the, the godfatherism that you see, so the lack of uh, internal party democracy, times of meetings, oftentimes they meet in ungodly hours, violence in, uh, in elections and in political parties, you know, have actually affected women's uh, participation. So these are some of the uh, social and economic conditions also, the fact that, you know, contesting elections, it's, it's a lot of money. So rightly do we find uh, women who can really compete in just in that kind of situation. Recently, a constitution amendment bill to create additional National Assembly and State Assembly seats for women was presented in the National Assembly. Can you tell us more about this bill? Well, the bill had proposed for 111 and this was after several attempts to have the constitution reflect 30% um, affirmative action in accordance with the international and uh, regional instrument that Nigeria had passed on to enact that in accordance with the national policy which is also something that has been received in the country as a national policy to increase the ability of women to have their voices in decision making. Now the proposal through that bill was not to ask for 35 or to ask for 30 was to ask for something if you if you do a calculation it's even lesser than that you know but in a way it will help to increase the number of women in parliament the proposal was asking for one more seat in the 36 states for women at the senatorial districts and i know that there were conversations about um so how do we delineate the constituency and there were proposals that it can as well be a woman constituency after all in other countries women had come as a constituency and somebody you know supporting the issue of women and marginalized groups so the the proposal also allows for increasing the number of women in the House of Rep and also in the House of Assembly. And it, when put together, it was asking for 111 seats. But unfortunately, and despite the fact that the committee that uh, initially looked at the constitution had committed to that by voting for it and presenting it before the National Assembly, uh, the National Assembly didn't uh, see reason in this. And of course, that's also a big setback in the clamor, you know, for uh, political representation of Nigerian women. Another question. Political parties in Nigeria often promise voluntary quotas, that's numeric targets for underrepresented groups like women, youths, persons with disabilities in their party constitutions and manifestos, but they are never implemented. So, countries' experiences show that to ensure that affirmative action targets or quotas are applied, they need to be legally binding via legislation. But people have also asked, why legislation? Why not leave political parties to decide? What's your take on this? Well, if you look at countries like Argentina and some other countries in the Scandinavian countries, you will see that... Um, the political parties play that role in ensuring that through their political parties, uh, women have their voices. So you see some of them increase the number of women through their political party policies and they ensure that they take steps to uh, get that done. But unfortunately, we don't, even within the political party system in Nigeria, the leadership of the political party is not gendered. You know, most of the political parties just have the women leader, which was why the second bill that is related to the issue of political representation, which was considered as uh, one of the bills was to ask for representation of 30% for women in political party leadership. Because the point is that if there are more women in that regard in the political party leadership, maybe that would also, you know, engender the political party system and they would increase the number of women. So it is something that is also possible. Either we get affirmative action is gotten through the uh, legal system or through political parties. So, but unfortunately, the conversation has not even started in that regard in Nigeria. So looking 
ahead, what is the prospect post-2023 general election? Well, I think the journey has just begun because it is very obvious that we need to double efforts, particularly for people who are working around this area and also for women who are in politics. Uh, I think one of the things that needs to be done is for us to ensure that for those in political space, they should increase their number. There's a need to increase the number. More women need to be card-carrying members of parties. Political party issue is a game of number. When we see women as clappers and chairers of political parties, we have discovered through research that most of these women don't carry the card of the political party. So we should encourage as many women as possible and plan for more of the next election so that we have that number within the political party. You can see how the youths have dominated the collection of PVC. So meaning that if we have strategy in that regard, we'll get more women also become political party members. Secondly, the issue of the constitution, it looks to me as the last resort. And so we cannot step back on that advocacy. We need to continue to negotiate. We need to continue to demand for the 111 seat. We need to continue to demand for 35% affirmative action. Then of course, socially too. Because you can see a whole lot of women who had come out this time around. Uh, Binani in Adamawa State. Uh, another woman who contested against Fubara in River State. This women, they were refused because of other variables, which has to do with the political party itself. So we need to increase our voice on insisting that internal party democracy is the way to go. Without internal party democracy, even when we combine all the other efforts and there is maybe affirmative action within the political party, they can still obstruct it. So it's important for us to get that and get that right. If we recall some years back, it was one of the things that was supposed to be in the constitution as a way of controlling, you know, the uh, political parties, but they chew it out. And of course, the issue of money. Money, it's a determining factor, you know, in our political space. And women don't have that kind of money. So we need to also see how we demonetize the political processes. The last one is violence, you know. So no one will want to contest, uh, especially for women, if there's a lot of violence. In so there are a combination of a whole lot of things that we need to put together to be able to address, to moving forward to the next elections. Just before we draw the curtain, what do you think the role of the 10th National Assembly should be in improving women representation? And how can National Assembly be supported to play the role of improved women's representation with respect to legislations? Well, I think for those who are still there, they still hope. We will not um, shut it out that it's not something that they cannot do. Yes, we know they are in two elections. The Violence Against Persons Prohibition Law was passed on the last day. So we have not lost hope. We will still continue to engage them and we think they should see it as a responsibility and as a legacy that they want to leave for the future and also for addressing marginalization. So the five gender bills, we are still very hopeful that this current assembly will do it. The future assembly has more work to do. And for the civil society, we also need to do more engagement with them to see reason to know that gender equality is not just a demand. It's a demand for growth. It's a demand for development. It's not a demand for women. It's a demand for Nigeria. Do you have any final words you want to add? Well, I, I just want to encourage women, particularly women in politics and also women in, in the civil society organization who have done so much to increase the lots of women. But we keep getting that setback, you know, not to be discouraged. And also for organizations that are supporting work in the parliament, work in the political space, that, well, there's still hope as long as we continue not to be silenced as long as we continue to push for 
women's voices. That's one of the things that can help our GDP. That's one of the things that can solve the myriad of problems that we have in Nigeria. Thank you very much, Ma, for your time. It's a pleasure. This podcast edition is funded by the European Union under the Support to Democratic Governance in Nigeria, EU SDG and 2 program. Thank you for listening. Subscribe and stay up to date with upcoming episodes. Follow Plaque on all social media platforms at Plaque NG.